You don't have to go far Just look inside your heart You'll find the answers to the questions Tearing you apart And hope will find you Somewhere in the light Just keep looking up Until your spirit takes flight And no matter how lost you are No matter how in doubt Just remember in the darkness Is when the stars come out Your positive, positive, positive imprint, 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 imprint Stories are everywhere People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of the variety show, Your Positive Imprint. Be prepared to get inspired. Today is part two of my conversation with legendary performer, songwriter, and music therapist, Mac Bailey. If you didn't listen to part one or want to listen to it again and again, it is episode 86, Mac Bailey, Music Therapist, How Music Rewires the Brain. Well, today's episode is dedicated to all of my students at Q of H and OLA, also to the Student Council at OLA. Your John Denver Environmental and Social Justice Education Days were rad, awesome, and with powerful messages. Music was in your souls. Mac's music will always be a part of you. It's time. Remember CPR for our Earth. With love to all of you, Mrs. Praisewater. Well, I'm going to play last week's introduction for today's episode as well. But first, follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Twitter, What's Your PI? Connect with me on LinkedIn. I have a new YouTube channel, Your Positive Imprint, with more videos coming soon. My website, of course, is yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can subscribe to my podcast. You can also follow or subscribe to my podcast through Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcast, or, of course, from your favorite podcast platform. And please subscribe to this podcast. It is free. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? Music for this podcast is composed by Chris Knoll. Chris Knoll is the very talented pianist keyboard player for John Denver. Thanks, Chris, for your own fabulous compositions and in a variety of genre. Check out Chris at chrisknoll.com, C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E.com, and also Spotify and Pandora as well. And also, in today's episode, Mac's son, Hayden, shares a few words about his own positive imprints. Your positive imprint. What's your PI? So here's a question for you before I introduce my talented guest. What is therapeutic for you in life? Is it music, movies, ice skating, writing stories? songs, poetry, playing the guitar. When I asked today's guest to be on the show, I thought about the many conversations that we two, the two of us, have had about music therapy. My guest, Mac Bailey. (laughs) Yep, I have a lot of listeners who know Mac. He has an exciting, extensive music career. I met Mac now, oh my gosh, over 20 years ago. And about 15 years ago, Mac told me he wanted to get his master's in music therapy. We talked through emails about him interning at the school that I was teaching at, and I could hear Mac laughing as he would reply, well, I need to go get my master's first. Well, there's so much to the story, but I will cut it short. Mac writes songs, and he's playing right now. (laughs) Incredible song. And I produced the song's children's environmental educational movies. Well, Mac has always provided support to my students through email letters and his voice and music for those movies. It's been such a fun journey chatting with Mac about all of his positive imprints throughout the years that I've had the pleasure of knowing him. 
<laughs> There's so much to you, Mac. <laughs> he has quite the story to tell about his journey from the stage to music therapy of the Rockies. Well, Mac Bailey, you are such an exceptional person, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Great uh, welcome to the backyard here. This is uh, our little, you know, when, when you're in isolation, this is... Uh, not a bad place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, um, Hi, Hayden. <laughs> and Hayden, and your son Hayden. is a artist as well. Come on out, bud. <laughs> uh, they walked into town to, to get Hayden some new shoes. Well, if Hayden wants to sit next to you. <laughs> so, Hayden, hello. Hi. Oh, my gosh. We're wearing the same color T-shirt, practically. We are. What does yours say? Uh, I can't really read upside down. Live. Um, <laughs> live simply. Live simply. Mine is has a moose. It's the eclipse from uh, twenty seventeen. <laughs> That's cool. I don't know what it says in the back. Mike would have to read it. So Hayden, it's just been so much fun watching you grow up. Did you know I've been watching you grow up on your dad's Facebook page? No. And I do as not. you come on stage when he does concerts, yeah, you'd come out couple of times you were there and literally holding your mom's hand as you come out it's been awesome watching you grow up Thank so you. now you're a musician uh, somewhat yeah oh you're good so what are some of your positive imprints what do you like to do that inspires other people well I like to read so that people can get smarter that that they get that pas positive imprint that to get smarter and not just sit around on the screen all day because oh, cool. sometimes I do but, <laughs> um, so what do you like to read my friend uh, she wrote this book she went to the Amazon she's the first female to kayak the whole Amazon cool from source to sea and she did it with two other people. Uh, one is one of her friends. His name is Don. And another they met there. Um, his name is Midge. He kind of wanted to start the whole expedition. He asked them to take him to the Amazon and be with him on the expedition. Cool. And so what did you learn from reading this book. Have you finished it yet? No, I'm okay. right. I'm so what are you learning from it that you can use to inspire others? Because you've said you read books to help others. So what can you take from that ex expedition? Because you're going to be telling it here to people all over the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say that to inspire people to get outside more and adventure into the world, take risks in life, maybe to make it a little bit more fun. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Because we, we want to live life to the fullest, don't we? Yeah, we want to live life the way we want to live life. Yeah, and how do you want to live life? What, what makes you happy and able to inspire someone it, well, how old are you, first of all? Nine. You're nine now, so you're fourth grade. Yes, wow. going into, yes. Yep, going into fourth grade. So what, what life do you want to live that, that makes you happy at your age right now? I want to live a fun life where the world is this happy, happy place. How are you going to help the world become happy? What are things you can do? Um, help people not use as much plastic for the earth. Amen to that. <laughs> I know your your parents are very big on that, too. Yes. So you have good role models. We don't really, when we do use plastic, we keep on reusing it until, like, it's a hole in it or something. <laughs> and, when it and when it gets a hole in it, we find other uses for it sometimes. Cool. And so what other uses have you found for some of your plastics? Because one of the reasons I ask that is because I have 
some kids that I've had on the podcast. One is 10 years old. She lives in the Netherlands. Her name is Lily. She has a nonprofit that she calls Lily's Plastic Pickup. And what she does is what you're talking about. She finds different uses for plastic as well as getting plastic in the trash. And another one is Sydney Steenland, who is over in Australia. She's a little bit older. She's 15 now. But she has what they call Sea Monkey Project. I like that. I do, too. And you would like it, too. And maybe it would inspire you to even start your own. Uh. Well, yeah. You could play music for it, too. You like to play music, right? That inspires people. And that also, I created my own YouTube channel for um, making videos on inspiring people to play their own instruments. Really? Lately, I've kind of gotten off track with that, the music, though. You know what? With with this whole schedule change with COVID-19, we've all gotten off of our schedules. Yeah. So, but you'll get back onto it. It's you'll get back yeah. onto it. Yeah. yeah. So, you do video and you do songwriting also? I have written a song, yes. Oh, and what was your song about? Uh, I kind of forget. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It'll come back to you. Yeah. I think we still have the sheet of music. Yeah. Well, now, don't look at your dad. <laughs> You're the one doing the interview here. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you play piano. Yes, I do. Do you have a favorite piece that you have played for others? Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I like that. Why do you like that one? Is it because of the sound of it or because you have a lot of movement on the piano? Uh, kind of both. It's... It's just fun feeling the music of any song, really. You know what? That is something that people need to hear. Say that again about music. It's just feeling the music that is really fun for me. It's not the piece, it's the music. Yeah, and it's what you make of it. Just like what you said in the beginning, what you make of life. Mm -hmm. And that you want to make it happy and good. Yeah. Yeah. In school... You probably inspire a lot of people, a lot of your friends, such as the plastic. Do you help them remember to put plastic in a certain receptacle or to reuse it? Yes, I do. So for the listeners who have kids also, what is a good phrase for somebody your age to say to another person, whether they be an adult or your age, on how to recycle or reuse that plastic? Well, if... If there's some plastic that is really old and you and, and your parents are saying we gotta throw it away in the trash, one is to recite tell them to recycle it, and two is to say maybe we could use it for an art project or something. Woo! Good for you. Good for you. And you know what? Even the masks, you know, we have to have these masks. I've been using recycled plastic for the little nose piece. You know those, uh, what do you call them, pipe cleaners? Yeah. I use pipe cleaners. That's cool. Yep. And then I also use those. I don't drink coffee, but my husband does. And you know those little plastic strips that fold the coffee? He pulls them off, and I go and I make a little nose piece because they're soft and flexible and... You don't have to go out and buy anything. Just reuse it. So I love your attitude. Good job. I have a mask that my grandma and I were rummaging through some stuff, and they and we found some old fabric that she had, and I picked this one that's like rainbow in the um, and it has a JP on it. So we were thinking that stands for Junior Pirate. <laughs> you can you can use that when you're doing your own little concert when you're playing yep. Pirates of the Caribbean on your piano or on yeah, your keyboard. Just have my little mask up there. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be great. Well, Hayden, thank you. Sure. For sharing Anytime. your positive imprints here with your dad today. And good luck to all of your piano playing. Thank you. And your fiddle, which is 
You just had a recital. Yes, I did. And I passed into a different group a few months ago. I was in a lower group, but then I took a test to get into a higher group. So now I'm in that group. Well, and now you are just moving up, and you can inspire no matter which group you are in, right? Thank you. Will you keep up that inspiration? Thank you. Thanks. And great attitude. Thank you, Hayden. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And now part two with Mac Bailey. Mac continues our conversation about music therapy and storytelling through song. I've always felt, because of my experience as a songwriter, you're writing about stories and things like that, and it reframes how they can tell the story. And it just adds to them. It's the step of being able to take control of how you want your story told and, and the power of doing that. And so the more you write the song and the more the songwriter is into it, and you, you, you can say a, a line, um, uh, there, I worked with a veteran one time who had made a, a, a promise with his, his battle buddy on the, on the battleground, on, the, on the, uh, the, the field of battle. And they made a, pr- a promise to, to each other that whoever didn't make it out alive, the other one would live for them. As luck would have it, I guess. The other guy died, and this guy had to had to. Uh, he took on the responsibility of wanting to live for him. Now, that of course, is a very very tough. Well, the pact. fact that he has PTSD, yeah, and he's struggling himself. He can't even live for himself. How in the world yeah. is he going to live for anybody else? So he we sit down and we we talk through his story, and and he shares that uh, his low point, uh, his rock bottom, was he stood in the bathroom and he looked in the mirror. And he put a loaded gun in his mouth and he put his finger on the trigger and he looked in the mirror and he saw his friend with the gun in his mouth. And he said this, his rock bottom was that I'm about to kill my friend. Yeah. And so that, that was his rock bottom. And, and we wrote this song and, and so everything he's telling me and, and I would just take, uh, uh, I couldn't pull the trigger. with that old familiar face or something like that. And, and he, um, Hearing his words with a melody, a simple melody, was like freedom. You know, so much weight was lifted off because it was being told differently. It wasn't the same, same old, same old. And I, and I hear this a lot. This is not a knock on the, on the VA therapy services. But so many times they're just, they, they bring them in and they say, tell me your story. They just tell them whatever they want to hear. And then they give them a prescription. We want to help them take ownership of their story. We want them to, we don't want to change their story. We don't want them to, you know, this is not about being proud of your story or whatever, but at least you, you have, it, it, it adds to your identity and your, your, your person as a whole to be able to come to terms with your story and, and live it in a, in a different way um, that you can now say, this is, this is the way I want this to be. And that's what we find. Because so at the end of the, every retreat, we repeat the, the songwriting, well, we repeat everything on Saturday and Sunday with the, the mindfulness and the, the songwriting and the guitar work. And then at the end of the day, we do a concert to uh, showcase the songs that have been written. And we, we have people sign a waiver saying, you know, take your pictures or whatever like that. And, and we tell them, you don't have to do anything at the concert. Your songwriter will do everything. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to join up or whatever. It's like 90% of the time, the veterans by the end of the uh, on Sunday, they're either singing the song with the songwriter, they're either playing their guitar, they're standing up there playing a shaker or something like that. I mean, the transformations are absolutely amazing, and uh, and a lot of times they they won't even sign the waiver. They'll just say, "No, I don't want my picture taken," and I'm like, "Great, no problem." Sunday right before the concert, they know they're <laughs> going to get up there, and they'll come up to me and say, "Is it too late to sign that waiver?" I'm like, "Absolutely not. Oh, that Whatever, is great. you're in control." I, I like working with veterans because, uh, I mean, their stories, they, they don't just have one story. They've got many oh, absolutely. stories. Uh, absolutely. And because, uh, and right now I've been doing the veterans thing for about three years, um, and, and I feel very confident with that. I feel very, I feel like we've got, it, we've got it down, the model down. But my goal is to hopefully branch out into other demographics with PTSD to see if it still works. And the, and the largest demographic is domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but that's a little, a little more difficult to have access to, 
Um, because of the privacy. There's a right. lot of the privacy. Right. Yeah. So I, I respect that. And uh-huh. so we're, we're taking that one very, very slow. But my dream is to eventually be able to empower them, them as well uh, and, and, get their, and, and learn their voice. And hopefully, once again, teach them to like themselves, love themselves, and trust themselves. Absolutely. And I'm just so thrilled with how you have come about this and just the whole journey. And I know it took you a while from the time that it, you conceived it in your head to the time you finished and now are doing it. And I'm thrilled that Chris Knoll is on your board. Yeah. He's on my board. He's uh, you know been a songwriter at every Nashville event. And, uh, and he's... You know, he's just, he's hes one of my, I, I, you know, I would have to say he's probably my best friend. And uh, and so I'm, I'm uh, uh, very grateful to have him be a part of this. And and, uh, at, and when we're there at the, at the retreats, you know, there are going to be some really serious, sad, emotional moments. Sure. Most of it is just complete joy because it, it's like a... A weight lifted off you know once again you know it, it all comes down from uh, the veterans looking at me like so you're not a veteran why the hell are you doing this why are you doing this for me and I, you know I kind of feel like every day that I live as a therapist I'm doing therapy for me and so every retreat I come away stronger and uh you know people are always like how do you how do you deal with all the the heaviness and everything like that and i'm like you know it's really progress is not heaviness progress is even if it's a a tiny step a tiny step is is huge and if i can leave every every situation knowing i took one step forward then it was a great day and I can't wait to, to get to the next one. I can't wait to hear the songs. I can't wait to meet the veterans. I can't wait to see see the transformation. You know, for me, it's it's uh, I, I've done enough of these and worked with enough of these that that I can pretty much tell you what's going to happen. But I have to let it play out so that everybody else can then say, "Can you believe that happened?" I'm like, "Wow!" You know. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I find about humanity is that so often people will say, I could not do what you're doing because it's just too emotional. I would be in too much pain myself. Or I just couldn't handle seeing the veterans in such pain. But we forget and we need to remind people if we continue to feel that way instead of stepping forward and doing something to change their life, then you're never, ever going to change the feeling that you have of, oh, I can't do it, I'm so sad, like working at a humane society. Oh, I can't because all those dogs, they're, but you, we have to, we have to put ourselves forward so that we can bring those people who were behind us forward with us. I, I also uh, feel like when I'm working with anybody, that I'm not just working with that person. I'm working with their family. Yeah. I'm working with their church. I'm working with their job. I'm working with their school. I'm working with their community. And locally, if I'm working with anybody and, and if I keep those ideas in mind, then I'm working for my community as well. And so it's kind of selfish that I'm I'm doing my work because I I want to keep my my community healthy and every town that I hold retreats in are towns that I really enjoy mm-hmm. so when I go to Nashville I want to know that I'm a part of making Nashville a, a better a better place well you are you are exceptional and you have your music here before you play it do you remember my and I you I know you won't play the song but do you remember my favorite song <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but <laughs> it's time. Ah, it's time. That was such a fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's time. I. That was a. That was a. We have, uh, inside the house. We have a uh, a letter from uh, uh, Vice President Al Gore, uh, who said, you know, thanks for writing this song, and uh, I'm always proud of the fact that uh, I, I'm personally, I believe that he is the one who actually 
stamped his uh, signature on the on the letter. It's, it's not an actual signature; it's a stamp. It's, so I'm, yeah. but I'm convinced he's the one who actually did the stamp. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that, you know, it, it, there was a period where I just really loved to write, and now you know I, I do love to write, but I don't I don't find myself diving into it the way I used to because I really uh, enjoy I enjoy working with stories and and then taking those stories and, and changing people's perspective of, of that and taking ownership of that. Uh, my, my it, it's a kind of a weird thing. No, well, it's not because your songwriting is your story. And when you're working with these vets, the songwriting is their story. And that's what you just said. You want their stories to be out there. And it's time. So you received a letter from Al Gore regarding, thank you so much for writing the song. You would love to listen to Nathan Bindoff on my podcast, who is from Australia. He's over in Tasmania. He was, he's an oceanographer, climate change scientist. He helped with the science part of it for Al Gore when Al Gore won his Nobel or was given his Nobel Peace Prize. So he, his science was imperative to Al Gore and, of course, his book. And anyway, you, you'd like listening to Nathan because it is about it's time but it's been it's time for a long time the the one thing about that song was that it it was not i don't think it was written well you and rachel universally enough yeah Yeah. rachel and i wrote it together uh because we were i was very focused on you know the chorus is uh it's time to stop thinking in red or black Mm -hmm. um and so you know what i feel like so many things that we do is all just based on money you know the money that we can spend to to build you know our houses or um you know the the fear of of spending money on something that you don't get return on you know a financial return on kind of thing and uh I remember when we wrote that song, we were on Blakely Island up in, in the San Juans, and somebody had made a comment about, oh, God, those deer in my garden. And I'm like, what did they do wrong? You know, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they were here first, yeah. and, and you built your garden in a place where, the, you know, I love that line in the song about... Um, that uh, we blame the animals, but we we don't give them a place of their own. So we keep building and we keep expanding and we keep doing all this other stuff, and yet we expect the animals to respect that. But we're leaving them with nothing, no space at all. And yeah. um, and that's that's kind of where the whole focus of that song was for me was we're just we're, we're so out of whack with our thinking. Changing every day, we all could 
choices that we're making now will affect the lives of future generations somehow. It's time, it's time to stop thinking in red or black. It's time, it's time to stop taking and giving it back. It's time, it's time to change the plan of attack. It's time, it's time, it's time. It's ironic how the color of the dollar is green. That's the color that we're losing when we cut down all our trees. We love to blame the animals for invading our homes, but we leave them with no place that they can call their home. Will there come a time when we can say we have enough? Stop filling our lives with material stuff. It's time, it's time to stop thinking in red or black. It's time, it's time to stop taking and giving back. It's time, it's time to change the plan of attack. And it was a great song to use for our environmental days with the kids. And, of course, it was your music, so we could use it. Thank you. You're very welcome. And students learn so much from it. And they continue singing it. There's one gal who's a nurse today, and she still sings your music. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, she'll listen to you, and she'll be thrilled to, to hear you. And then there's a fellow who listens to your music. He played Mother Earth. Your music has, it has, my students have grown up with your music. Wow. And Chris knows, because I knew you guys, so that made it even more special for the kids. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, it, life has been good, and I'm just so glad that we have kept our paths connected through all of these, well, it's been a long time, through decades, and just kind of seeing what you do. Of course, you never thought I would, be, I never thought I would be doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm impressed, very impressed with what you've done with this. I love it. And of course, you know, Chris Knoll has been amazing with the, for the music and people around the world are amazing. So, but let's hear some music. Um. This is, uh, this is one of, uh, it's an instrumental, um, uh, that I wrote for, uh, for Rachel and, um, it was just one of those, uh, just feeling uh, so much love, and uh, and it just just came out. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
beautiful. I love watching your face. It's just full of love and compassion and joy and happiness. <laughs> you have a That's great, a fun song to play. You have a, well, for good reason. You have a great gift. You make me think of so many wonderful things in life. Oh, thank you. Listening to the music. Well, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you, in fact, I, I want to mention the Baltimore Orioles. You sang the anthem for them one year. No, I actually sang for them um, when they opened up Camden Yards, uh, which was the new, uh, the big new stadium. I uh, uh, sent in a request to, to sing the national anthem. And so I was able to do that. And, and my parents came up for that. It was, uh, and my grandfather was actually there, came up for it. And it was a lot of fun, and then uh, they liked the way that that I just went out and sang it. That I didn't, you know, do the, the whoa, 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 whatever, you know. Yeah, I know what <laughs> and, you're talking um, about. <laughs> you know, you just you go out and you sing the song, and and I can remember the very first time I went out there. Oh man! So they have a microphone set up right behind home plate, and as I'm walking up to the mic, I, uh, the the only thought in my head is, I don't remember the first line to this. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we've heard that a lot. So, you know, you go up there and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it pops in your head. And uh, so I started singing and a couple of things happen uh, when you when you sing the national anthem at an outdoor stadium, especially in Baltimore. First of all, the the echo comes back. And so if you listen to the echo, you're going to slow down. And I've and I've heard people. Uh, in fact, I remember hearing they normally don't play the the uh, uh, the national anthem on the the radio broadcasts, and but uh, they did this one time, and it was a young girl, and she obviously was listening to the echo because she got to the point where she was talking at the end. She had slowed down so much, and I just felt for her that you just have to go out and just sing. You don't you can't listen. You just have to sing, and uh, and then the other thing with Baltimore is that uh, when you get to the uh, the ending of O Say does that. Everybody screams "Oh" for Orioles, and that's uh, nerve-wracking. <laughs> but I was very happy. I, I can't remember how many years. I don't want to say, uh, but I, I, I sang the national anthem for them probably, uh, probably ten, eleven years. Um, every year, I would get at least one song one time. They like to have somebody different every time. So I did it uh, all those years in a row. Uh, proud to say that I, I did have a, a winning record when I sang the national anthem. And I have a quote from the Baltimore Orioles that says, uh, we would love to have Mac Bailey sing the national anthem at every game. Oh, that <laughs> so is that really nice. Uh, and then but another cool experience I had in, in the Washington area was uh, singing the national anthem for the uh, Washington Capitals hockey team, the national hockey team. And that's way different because you're inside and all of a sudden lights go out and you step on the ice and lights start flashing and everything like that. And uh, uh, that was that was also a lot of fun. Uh, the first year that I did that, I only did that. I did that for three years, I think. And then they had a, a strike and, I, and then I never went back to do it again. But the first year I did it, they uh, I would go down. Uh, underneath everything and you know walk through the hallways and get to where my entrance was and they would give me a, a jersey uh, a capitals jersey to where I'd walk out on the ice sing and then come off the ice and they'd take the jersey from me and then I would leave and they'd gave me four tickets and parking four tickets and um, second year I go back the first time I first game the Orioles like somebody different at every game the capitals like five people to do all of them so i would end up doing maybe 10 games or something like that so they they uh um, get there for the first game of that year the second year and they said okay you know the routine i said yeah you give me a jersey i go out saying and then i go off the, and i give you the jersey back and they said well you may want to look at this jersey a little different and so it, it's a Capitals jersey with Bailey on the, you know, oh on the back. So it's, so it's kind of cool. That uh, is cool. <laughs> but I've always enjoyed singing the National Anthem and the Star Spangled Banner. And um, it, it, it is an honor to do that. Oh, absolutely. And you do do it very well. Oh, thanks. That's one of those moments where it's more reverent kind of thing. And I agree with you. Mike and I have been to a slew of your concerts. And... You are genuine, and you are personable with the people. And so it's, it makes it about us. We feel like, oh, well, he's here for us. And then you also bring out some of your vets. You allow them 
to seeing their stories, and I think that's really awesome. The um, uh, We had a, a, a concert a couple of years ago here in Aspen, um, and we brought out a veteran, and his story was that he uh, played trumpet in the Army, but his main job was to play taps as the as the caskets came off the flight oh, line. Oh, my gosh. And he played, you know, hundreds and hundreds of those. And uh, he got to the point where, you know, he just... He, he started hating music because of because of that and he you know he he didn't like the fact that you know you have these young children wondering when dad's coming home or mom's coming home and, yeah. and you have to say no this is this is the final goodbye and so he had lost uh and and he had some other personal things going on but he he told me before our retreat that he uh he had a gun in his mouth and um he came to the retreat and he he fought. It took everything he had not to leave um, the first day. I remember in the first opening circle, and I said, "We're going to do some goal-setting exercises. So, what do you? What would you like to get out of this retreat? You know, just what do you want to get out of this?" And he just—he would write a word, scratch it, write a word. Other people had, you know, just finished whatever they were going to do, and he just kept going. And I said, "If you don't know, just write. I don't know. I don't know." Um, <laughs> And then we do a goal-setting exercise at the end of the, of the retreat of what is going to happen from here on out and what's your first action step. He wrote two pages of things he was going to do, and he has done them. And he's been back out touring now, playing trumpet. And so we brought him out here to, uh, to kind of help uh, pitch the program. And uh, he's an amazing trumpet player. And, and so he's back there playing with the band um, and adding incredible sounds I mean, there was one time i think i was singing um like have yourself a merry little christmas or something like that and, and his trumpet sounded like a cello i mean he just he's he's that good he's he's so talented and uh, and so right before intermission i i said uh, you know there's a guy back here playing trumpet that uh, has been part of the band but he also has another story and so i brought him up and he uh he shared that uh, he didn't want to live anymore that uh, before he went to the retreat and that he uh, was grateful uh and so that at the retreat he wrote a song with his songwriter mark elliott uh and the song is uh i don't want to play that song no more and it's all about playing taps and um when he when he did it the first at the retreat where it was actually written and we had the concert on sunday and he and mark performed it he had his trumpet and he took off on this this uh improv trumpet stuff that was fantastic and it just really got it gave him a chance to showcase what he's capable of. So when we did it here in, at the Wheeler in, in Aspen, he uh, we played the song, and then at the end he starts doing his improv. So I back off and I'm watching him, and he's he's not crying; he's weeping. I mean, he's he's literally weeping to the point of <gasps> kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't even know how he's playing trumpet. I have no concept. And I'm standing right next to him watching his body just do all this other stuff. And he's still playing and he's he's cracking some jokes. And But he's, he's real emotional about it. And he gets to the end of his improv. <laughs> and he's playing and he kind of leans over to do something. And then out of the blue, he just snaps into formation. And he plays the last three notes of taps. Oh, my goodness. I lost it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, goodness. the whole audience just, I mean, it was, it was that moment. And, and this is where uh, he, he solidifies everything that we, we want to do. We get off stage, and I just went up to him, and I said, what the hell was that? You know, you got to give me a warning when you're going to do something like that. <laughs> and he goes, I knew I had to have control of it, or it was going to control me. Yeah. Wow, that is... And he still struggles. Yeah. But he now has more coping skills. And so he, instead of, instead of something uh, being, being devastating to him for a long period of time, it's shorter periods. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't, you know, tell, I don't pretend that this program is going to just change everybody's life and everything's going to be hunky-dory from here on out. Because it doesn't happen that for anybody. Yeah, but it's a but chance. It's an opportunity. It's a chance. It's an opportunity. But it, it, it you become your own therapist. So right. you know when you're when when the trigger signs and when the warning signs start coming, you can reach into your little your your bag and pull out whatever coping skill is going to work at that time. And instead of having something last for five days, maybe it lasts for twenty minutes. 
you know, right. maybe or, or less. And, and so, but if they learn that coping skill, then they can maybe add it to their lifestyle yep. every day. Yep. And it also not only does it help you read yourself, but it helps you read others. It helps with empathy, and and that I think is is probably the word that I uh, is is so lacking in today's world that uh, you know we just don't we don't have enough of it, and uh, right. we're all out for ourselves kind of thing, and uh, and so. You know, you you develop that skill of empathy, uh, which not only benefits you but benefits everybody you come in contact with. There's there's a book, Mac, that that you would actually enjoy, because she talks so much about empathy and she talks about getting the people from the middle and bringing them forward, or the people that are hurting, the vets, the women, the people who are being abused in whatever fashion. But Melinda Gates book and it's called The Moment of Lift. It's an incredible inspiring book. Listeners, if you read it, don't just read it and say, "Oh, well, you know, that's a great book." Like you said, you have to go out and of course you're already doing this, Mac, but people have to go out and not just empathize, but now inspire themselves to go and help do something to change that person or to change a, a neighborhood, or whatever it may take. No. And it takes the moment of lift. It's good. So there's just so much good in our world that we can use to inspire others. I, I, I try to share with people all the time that when I, when I finally grabbed control of my life, life became easy. Not literally in the sense of, wow, you don't have any issues. But I was able to handle every issue that came my way. And it just, you know, when life is easy, you, you look forward to waking up. You look forward to the little things that, uh, that give you joy. Uh, you look forward to the big things, the big moments. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like miracles. You know, you, you, if you don't believe in miracles, I can probably guarantee you 100% that you won't experience them. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in them, if you're open to the possibility, then you you'll have them, you'll see them, you'll you'll experience them, and uh, and I and I think that's kind of what what I want to pass on to people is is you gain control of your life, life becomes easy, and then you're gonna you're gonna notice a world that you never knew existed, and and that's the way I I mean I just I love I I. I really love life i mean i i love going to school and working with the students um i love keeping in touch with them not just as a therapist and but you know as a as a just as a person i want to know that they're stronger one day after another and and more in control of of how they want to feel and how they uh want to respond to situations and how they want to interact with their family and and different other you know aspects Mm -hmm. um because I, I know what it's meant to my life. I mean, it, it, uh, if things hadn't happened the way they were, there's a very good chance I wouldn't be here now. And, and I, I, I don't glamorize that thought, and I don't uh, get, get uh, depressed about that thought. I, I'd rather embrace that thought to realize that if things had gone differently— uh, how much I would have missed out on. Mac, thank you so much for that, that you're just so genuine and, and authentic and you have integrity. <laughs> I just love you. And you inspire others to really elevate themselves. And you mentioned that before, elevate yourself. And I again, I'm going to mention Chris's song, Elevated Intentions is the song that he composed for this podcast and that's what you do every day and that's what you have done to become the person that you are and you're just a joy you bring me such joy oh thank you many many years and not just your music but our conversations which you know have been not always about music but just about life in general and it's been good and so what what have I not, or what have you not been able to share that you 
would like to share? Uh, I hope uh, we're going to uh, showcase a song called When, when the Stars Come Out. Absolutely. Um, and that was written with uh, a dear friend, Stephanie Dubik. And uh, it's really funny. Uh, Stephanie gave me that poem in 2005. I would pull that the lyrics out and look at it, and I just loved the lyrics so much that I wanted to find a way to put it to music and put it in a song. And it uh, for 14 years, uh, I looked at that song, and I would sit and work with it and put it aside, bring it back out. Just recently was able to put it to music, and, and I feel like it was definitely, uh, it needed that time because whatever, however I was looking at it before would not have, I don't think the the music would have come together with the words. The, the words are so powerful, and I wanted the music to to fit that. And I'm just really proud of the co-write. But the funny thing is that in 2005, Rachel and I went to a songwriting workshop with uh, Jan Garrett and J.D. Martin here in uh, Basalt. I didn't even remember that Stephanie was at the workshop. <laughs> and that's where that poem was written. It's at that workshop. Oh, for goodness sakes. And, uh, wow. and Rachel and I actually wrote a song at that workshop uh, that uh, called Where Do I End and You Begin. And, uh, and so that, that workshop turned out to be a pretty uh, special uh, moment for me uh, in many ways. So it was really cool. And then to be able to, to put that to music and send it to Stephanie and have her be amazed that not only her words from 2005 still meant something to somebody, uh, but then to oh. hear it in a different form, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, cause she said, you know, the, she said, this was, this was my story at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you need to keep writing about your stories. Cause they're, you're, you know, I think she's very good at it. So, uh, well, you know, and I think that that's a really neat thing about songwriting and poetry writing and book writing is that, you have to be in that moment. You have to be in that right mind, that frame of mind, in order to feel like you're doing it justice and do a good job and get what you want for the story. So I'm anxious. I've heard the song, but the listeners have not. Anxious. And well, thanks for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. And it was also a chance for me. That That's uh, one of the few times that I've uh, composed on piano and then recorded on piano. And I was real happy that uh, when we recorded that, uh, I recorded it at uh, J.D. Martin's house. We did it. In, it was two takes to, to get that recording. That's pretty good. And then he added the, the strings on top of yeah. it. But it, I just played it live, and, and it just felt so good. Uh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, I hope that's a song of, of hope for people. That's what the, my wish is. In your time of sadness, deep in despair, the world is so dark and so unfair, and nothing is going right, desperately trying to find the light. And no matter how lost you are, no matter how in doubt, Just remember in the darkness is when the stars come out. In the darkness, the stars come out. You don't have to go far. Just look inside your heart. You'll find the answers to the questions tearing you apart and hope will find you somewhere in the light just keep looking up until your spirit takes flight and no matter how lost you are no matter how in doubt just remember in the darkness is when the stars come out in the darkness the stars come out it's not as dark as it may seem light is always setting you free and no matter how lost you are no matter how in doubt just remember in the darkness 
is when the stars come out. In the darkness, the stars come out. And no matter how lost you are, no matter how in doubt, just remember in the darkness is when the stars come out. In the darkness, the stars. In the darkness, the stars. In the darkness, the stars come out. Mm. We all have times in our lives of despair, sorrow, fear. When I was listening to this song, I think of my dad. I just miss him so much. Well, Mac, this story, as told by both you and Stephanie Dubik, is most certainly one of hope. Thank you so much for sharing it here on the podcast. It is beautiful. And Mac, as part of your music therapy, this song is phenomenal. And you have something on your Facebook, and it says... I hope this will bring some comfort to some during these unprecedented times. Please don't hesitate to reach out to professionals to talk with. Feelings and emotions are valid, and having someone to talk it through with is invaluable. Thank you so much for sharing this song. And and not to change the the mood here but mac i understand that there's also a book coming out where you will have some sort of writing collaboration with it it's uh by jessica kingsley publishing and it's going to be music therapy in the veteran population and um my chapter is going to be on community involvement uh with the veteran community and uh, and we'll just you know be telling our story and backing it up with uh, with research uh, citations and uh, and hopefully spreading the word around so because my goal is to serve as many veterans as I possibly can and and with this even with our retreats coming up in the um, hopefully in the fall we had to postpone all of our ones in spring but in the fall hopefully we can hold retreats and. Even if we if we have three veterans or six veterans, I, I I want to serve who we can and and do it within all the guidelines, so that uh, you know we can make a difference. Because even with, I mean isolation is already a, a horrific symptom of PTSD, sure. and so if we can kind of address that during this time period, uh, that would be pretty powerful. Oh well, so and that book comes out in. Uh, hopefully, the book comes out in in January of twenty twenty one, and it's going to be more of a you know music therapy kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, textbook, as it were. It, it was definitely an honor to be a part of. Well, congratulations on that. No thanks. You know, keep me informed, and I can put updates. Absolutely, and uh, it, it's it's you know I'm I'm excited about. Uh, last year was my first year as an official five hundred one c three. And uh, and I, I I achieved all the goals that that uh, I wanted to achieve as an organization, and so now uh, we want to start uh, expanding a little more. With uh, I mean, I'd love to hold as many retreats as possible, uh, you know, because the cool thing is not uh, not only are we serving veterans, but we're also getting local songwriters uh, engaged with the community, and and so you're building new socializations and and relationships. For example, if if for a, a retreat with twelve veterans, and this includes everything, so there's nothing out of pocket for the veteran, it runs about twelve twelve thousand nine hundred dollars, something like that, and that's every cost uh, to make it happen. So I always kind of feel like if we can if we can for a thousand dollars a veteran, if we can lower their medications, lower their therapy visits to the VA, improve their life for a thousand dollars. I think that's a pretty good investment. That's a wonderful investment in humanity. Mac, I'm just enjoying this so much and enjoying our time together. Catherine, thank you very much. I mean, this is just really, um, I love telling the story and and I love uh, the opportunity to, to have your listeners, you know, hopefully contact us or, or you know, have some feedback because our, our goal is to, 
keep going. I mean, that's that's kind of what uh, when you find when you find your your true passion, you just uh, you don't want it to end. No. Well, Mac, how can listeners get a hold of you? Or what are your some of your websites where they can learn about you as well? Well, my performance website is just macbailey.com. And, and that's uh, M-A-C-K. M-A-C-K-B-A-I-L-E-Y.com. And the, the, uh, the nonprofit is Music Therapy of the Rockies. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, when I, when I try to think of a name, the thing that really stuck in my head was that I want to make sure music therapy is in there. I want to, I want mm-hmm. to validate music therapy. We, you, we talked a little bit about, you know, the different kinds of therapies there are. And, and music therapy is, uh, is one, it's been around for a long time, but I don't think it really gets the uh, proper attention that it should get. But I, I think music therapy is going to make a huge uh, impact on a lot of people's lives because Music is one of the few things that uh, incorporates the, the entire brain um, simultaneously. And so, uh, I mean, you, you, you have the capability of actually rewiring the brain through music. And not many other modalities allow you to do that. And so I'm, I'm very proud of the profession, and I want to do everything I can to help support that and build it up. Well, I am so proud of you. And... You're, you're exceptional, you're wonderful, you're fun. It's just been great to watch you and, and the life that you've built with Rachel and, of course, Hayden. Yes. Hayden's so much fun to <laughs> watch grow up as well uh, and to see him playing piano and violin fiddle. You know, it just it, it's just fun. You know, it, isn't it kind of interesting how life, I don't know, how life is where you can meet somebody under certain circumstances, you know, if you keep, if, I mean, if you, you have to keep in touch and build relationships. Let's see, do you have any other websites or social media? Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, uh, both uh, Mac Bailey as well as Music Therapy of the Rockies, um, and then uh, Instagram, uh, okay. Music Therapy of the Rockies. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where I, I do try to keep things posted. I, I also, it's, it's one of those things where you, you want to be respectful of, of who you're working with. So um, I don't, you know, I try to be careful of what I share and what I post. Uh, and then, you know, this, uh, the COVID has been uh, one of the, the things that's affected a lot of that. But we, we decided as soon as the, uh, as soon as everything came down, we started doing uh, weekly Zoom sessions with our veterans just so we could have our eyes on them. They turn out to be great. I mean, we just sit there and laugh or listen to, you know, stories for an hour. And, in fact, that story about Gary, he, uh, Gary Lord, was was somebody that I, I just felt like I really wanted to reach out to. And um, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer that when somebody pops into your head that, that you just kind of find yourself thinking about, you reach out to him right away. Mm-hmm. And so I just texted Gary and just said, hey, you know, just thinking about you. We had had conversations after our retreat together and he was just a big big gentle giant of a man and and uh he so i we texted and uh, and i just said hey i'm just checking in on you i want to make sure you're doing okay he says yeah i'm doing great you know he says this current situation is really weird but uh you know i'm, I'm getting my motorcycles ready and I'm, I'm ready to get out on a freedom ride and i said that sounds awesome and um i said we'll touch base again real soon and this is all through a text and that was on a Thursday, and on Friday he went to the store and didn't come back. And uh, and he was on his motorcycle, and he was just he was hit by a car. That one hit me hard because that's the first the first veteran that we've we've lost since we started doing all this. And uh, I have been in touch with his family, and which has been nice, you know, expanding my relationship uh, through extended family. But you you just realize that that life is is precious in in um, in every form, and uh, I just... love that you said in every form. Yeah, thank you for that. Well, Mac, to end, I guess we'll play a song. But I just want to end it with music: how it rewires the brain, empowering veterans with music, and of course, your music therapy of the Rockies. Mac Bailey, thank you so much for sharing your life story, your absolute wonderful positive imprints, and your music. 
Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, let's see. Thank you for your music and everything that you do here for humanity. Thanks, Catherine. Mac Bailey would love to hear from you. Reach out to him, provide feedback regarding his music, or reach out to him if you need to reach out to him for yourself. He may be reached at mac at musictherapyoftherockies.org. Thanks for listening to this free podcast. Please support me by hitting that subscribe or follow button on your podcast platform now. Your positive imprint. What's your PI?